Life Audio. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. Mm. When you think about that, like faithful are the wounds of a friend. You, If you're really friends with somebody, you should be able to say to them, listen, it's not about cutting them down. It's not even about calling them out. I say calling them up. You're saying that is a good way to put it. You yes. know what I mean? It's like, yes. you know, you're saying, hmm. I'm seeing something. I have a different perspective because when we're in situations, we have blind spots. And so there's things that we don't see. There are things that we can't see. There are things that we might not want to see. But then when you have friends around you that are like, okay, I'm not all emotionally wrapped up in that thing. So I can see this from a different perspective. Perspective. Maturity says, I'm going to lean into my friends a little bit. And you know what? You're probably right. I need to, even though I don't have bad intentions, even though maybe I'm trustworthy or they're trustworthy, I'm going to dial this back because I don't want this to turn into something that it shouldn't be. Right. Hey there, lovebirds. Are you ready to take your relationship to the next level? Real Relationship Talk is all about uncomplicating your relationships and creating deeper connections. Many of you have already taken my free quiz to test your relationship connection and are receiving my free tips on how to reconnect with the one you love. If you haven't yet taken the quiz, be sure to check it out today at danashay.com forward slash partner quiz. That's danashay.com forward slash partner quiz. Your next level of connection is just a quiz away. Hey there, loves. It's Dana Shea, and you're listening to Real Relationship Talk. I am so happy that you all are here today on this particular episode because, y'all, this is a spicy conversation, okay? I believe that this whole idea of platonic friends in a marriage or platonic friends in a serious relationship is controversial. There are so many different opinions. Should you have friends of the opposite sex? Can you have friends? Is it wise to have friends of the opposite sex that are just platonic, meaning that there's no romantic feelings or obviously romantic relationship involved. I will say this. I don't believe that there is a one size fits all for every marriage. And as we talk today, my guest Sylvia, who I'm going to tell you about in just a second, my guest Sylvia and I are not necessarily 100% in agreement on this. And it's because we see this from different lenses. If you have past experiences in this area, maybe you've been wounded, you've been hurt, you've been on the wounder side, if wounder is a word, then you know that that is going to color how you approach this conversation. So just keep that in mind as you all listen to Sylvia and I share. So let me tell you about my new friend, Sylvia. Sylvia and I have been friends for under a year, actually just a few months. We just met each other not too long ago, but when we met each other, we hit it off. You guys, this is like my sister from another mister, I'm telling you. And we are so much alike, y'all, in every way. Like we talk and it's just like, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're about to say because I'm about to say it. Like we are so alike that it's scary. So Sylvia and I, my our businesses are actually very closely aligned. And you'll hear us tell the story a little bit in the interview. But I'm just going to tell you that when you hear us talk, we sound different because she's Latina. So she's got a little bit of, you know, something on her voice. You'll be able to hear that. But our business names are literally both Thrive. So my business is Thrive Relationships, LLC. Her business is Thrive Marriage Coaching. And you're going to hear a really funny story about why my business is not Thrive Marriage Coaching. So I am so excited to have Sylvia here. She is a marriage coach. She loves premarital coaching. She is a mom. She's a wife. Uh, she is an amazing woman. And she has a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of wisdom from her own life experiences and 
coaching other couples that she is going to bring to our conversation today. I am so excited for this interview, you guys. So help me welcome to the podcast today, my guest and friend, Sylvia Chipman. Well, hello, my friends. This is Dana Shea. Thank you so much for listening to Real Relationship Talk. If you're watching this on YouTube, you know that there is a new backdrop behind me. (laughs) Thrive, yes. If you're not listening or if you're not watching on YouTube, no worries. But thanks so much for being here today, y'all. I'm so excited about this conversation. I am in a new location. Again, if you're on YouTube, you already see that. Um, I'm actually at my friend Sylvia's house. And Sylvia, I'm going to introduce her in just a second. But Sylvia is also a marriage counselor slash coach. And we have been talking for the last probably hour and a half. And we're like, oh, shoot, let's let's get on the podcast. So this is going to be such a great conversation. None of my interviews are like pre-planned or pre-staged. I just like to have those like honest, real, raw conversations. So let me tell you a little bit about Sylvia. Sylvia is, like I just told you, she's a marriage coach. Her business is called Thrive Marriage Coaching. And I have to tell y'all the funniest story. So when I was deciding on what I wanted my business name to be, I wanted it to be Thrive Marriage Coaching. But somebody else had Thrive Marriage Coaching already. And so it's like, this URL is not available. I'm like, who has this business name? Who is this person? And so like, I couldn't find who the person was, right? So fast forward, you guys, I get invited to come to a local counselor's office and a share basically about what it is that I do as a marriage and relationship coach. And so I'm telling them, the name of my business. And I was like, the name of my business is Thrive Relationships. And so the girl sitting right across from me says, oh, the name of my business is Thrive Marriage Coaching. (laughs) And I was like, you, you are the one. (laughs) I was just like, you remember that? Yes, I remember it so well. She's just talking and, and explaining her business and handing out her brochures. And I was like, Thrive Relationships. This is like, she's like me. Like her heart, everything she's doing, her ministry, her business. It just was so similar. I was like, Lord, this is such a coincidence. I've got to know this person. And then we became fast friends. We were like, let's get coffee. And we got coffee and talked forever. And then we were like, okay, you are like my sister. You are like my long lost twin. Yes, you really are. And so I have just loved getting to know you. And I'm so excited about this conversation today, Sylvia. So before we jump in, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Why did you start marriage ministry business? Like why, why now? How long have you been married? Tell us all the things. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, So yeah, I've been married. Uh, We just celebrated 26 years. In fact, last month, um, we celebrated 26 years. We were high school sweethearts. And, uh, but we, you know, it has not been an easy 26 years. It's been a very blessed 26 years, but I mean, we have been to the bottom. We have dealt with, um, the worst of the worst. And, uh, but through the Lord and helpers, godly helpers, he's put into our path along the way. Um, we've been able to, um, to thrive. Like, I mean, and the reason I chose thrive as my business name is probably similar to yours is because I don't want marriages to just be surviving. Yes. I want to see them thriving. Yes. There is nothing that hurts my heart more than when you ask a married person, especially, you know, if they've been married all the time, how's your marriage? How are things? And they're like, we're hanging in there. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you hanging in there? Right. No, no. The Lord doesn't want you to hang in there. He wants you to be abundant. He wants to see you thrive. So um, my heart is for marriage ministry. I think when it's something that you've personally experienced, you know, in all forms, you know, the joys, the pains, um, it it just, it 
it becomes your ministry. Mm -hmm. It's something you're passionate about. So um, I've been serving in church and marriage ministry for years and, you know, went and, and I got the training and education and all that. But basically the Lord has just put on my heart to minister to marriages and uh, it's what I love to do. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. My One of my aunts says when she asks people like, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm good under the circumstances. She's like, what are you doing under there? <laughs> <laughs> It's like the same thing. Like if you're married, my gosh, like if you're going to be married, you might as well be happy. Amen. You might as well figure out how to make it work. You might as well learn something from the process and become closer because of it. So I just want to say, even before we get into this conversation, y'all, we're talking about platonic friends today. This is such, oh, it's going to be so juicy. I cannot wait. But, you know, before we even get into that, you know, before Sylvia and I started recording, we were talking about so many things. And one of the things that we were talking about is the abundance mentality versus the scarcity mentality. And you all might be listening or watching to this thinking, my goodness, their business names are the same. They do similar things. Like, why are they on the same platform? And it's because I believe in God's kingdom. There is never lack. There is only abundance. And so we can promote each other's businesses. We can share our different experiences. We have so many like experiences. So many. And when you realize that, like when you connect with people like that, you are only enriched because of it. It doesn't take anything away from you. It only adds to you. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there before we even get into this conversation. Absolutely. So speaking of this conversation, y'all, y'all know we like to keep it real, real here. And I did, I uh, wrote a blog, I think it was back in 2018 on, can you be friends with someone of the opposite gender? Now, assuming you're heterosexual. Okay. So let's just go into this conversation, assuming that you're heterosexual. If you're in a homosexual relationship, things are going to be different for you. Platonic and opposite gender and all that might mean something totally mm-hmm. different. But I'm talking about for people who are attracted to the other gender, can you be friends, real friends mm-hmm. with someone If you're married or even if you're single, is there a such thing as that's just my friend? So let's start off talking about the single folks. Okay. Okay. And then, of course, we're going to talk about can you actually be platonic friends with someone if you're married? So, Sylvia, what what do you think? Let's say I'm, I'm 25 years old. I am in a, um, you know, I've got lots of guy friends. I'm kind of, you know, dating on and off, but I have some friends, some male friends that I'm probably never really going to be in a relationship with. Maybe they're attractive, but I'm not attracted. What's your take on that? Can you just have platonic guy friends if you're in a relationship and you're not married? I mean, to be honest, I think until there's a ring on it and until you have committed your life to someone, you can have all the friends you want to have male, female, whatever. In fact, I mean, I think we've talked about this just off the, off the record one time in one of our conversations about how people tend to like get super serious, super quickly. Our young people are just committing themselves, you know, like against everything else. And we're like, date, what happened to dating? Right. You know, spend some time with different people and make sure that's who you want to be, you know, with for Mm -hmm. the rest of your life. So, so when you're dating, that's a fully different thing to me. I have all the friends you want to have. You know, but, um, but yeah, that's, we'll get into later about the the married and how, how that's different. But yeah. And I think, you know, I spent so long since both of us have been single. Like, I'm like, okay, take it back, Dana, take it back. (laughs) Right. Like, remember you were once a single person, but I think like, I remember before I got married, there were guys that I thought were really cute. Right. Mm -hmm. But I was not interested in being in any kind of relationship with them. Sure. And people would try to force that on us. Like, you know, oh, you guys know you like each other. you know. Mm-hmm. And we were like, no, we literally are friends. As a matter of fact, when I was in high school, one of my very best friends was a guy. 
I was not attracted to him. I don't think he was attracted to me. I never got any of those vibes, but everybody was like, you guys must be doing something. You guys must be. And I'm like, what the world? Like, why can't people just have friends? Like, why can't you just literally like somebody because they're compassionate or because they're fun or because they're funny or because they, you know, they're a good listener? Like, why does it always have to go to the romance side? It doesn't. You absolutely can. And I had male friends early on as well. I mean, it was... They contributed my life. They're the ones who are going to tell you what is in a guy's mind for real. Right. Like they're going to give you that male perspective. In fact, I, to be honest, I'll go a step further. I recommend you have friends of the opposite sex because they're going to tell you the truth Yeah. about, you know, how guys think, what that behavior really means. You know, I mean, so no, I valued my guy friends. Yeah. Early on. And I think really it teaches you too how to have boundaries. Like, you know, when you're in a uh, friendship with another guy, mm-hmm. um, if, if you're a female, right, you're in a friendship with a guy, it's like, you know what? No, we're friends. Like our relationship doesn't need to go there. Yeah. I think when you're, because we live in such a sexually saturated culture, everybody is friends with benefits. Everybody mm-hmm. is in situationships. Everybody is just sleeping around and there's like no boundaries. People don't even know how to operate in just normal friendships anymore. Yeah. And I think that's so sad. Like I think about, again, just how much fun I had with my guy friends when I was single, not ever thinking about like, oh, I got to watch how I sit or I have to watch. Like I, those thoughts never entered into my mind. We were just having fun. We were hanging out, you know, mostly in groups. You right. know, I didn't necessarily like go off alone with them, but not because I was afraid to. It just we just always hung out in groups. Mm-hmm. I think that that is something that has been like, it's a lost art in our culture is people don't know how to be friends anymore yeah. with people of the opposite gender. That's and I would true. love to help people to to bring that, that back. So how can, let's say there's a couple or not a couple, let's say there's a, a male and a female, they're friends, right? And maybe other people have been kind of pressuring them, or maybe they do think each other are attractive. Like how can they just maintain a healthy friendship without it getting all situationship eat? I was actually going to speak to because what I do know from experience, and this is not to like toot my own horn. I'm so sure you have the same problem is you just want to be friends. Yeah. But they do find you attractive and are just really hoping that someday you'll come around and find them attractive too. Right. That, right. That, that's, that's, a, that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. happened. Um, but even in that, I mean, you can just be clear about what it is that you want and, and what you're hoping out of this relationship. And as long as you're being honest, you know, I just, I guess it, there's a fine line. You don't want to be leading people on, right. like making them think, yeah, there's, there's a chance, you know, but, um, but if you're just clear about your intentions and, and you guys can be friends, then I think that's very healthy. But, uh, but yeah, I, I would caution against that because my sister, for instance, very attractive woman, very attractive. And she convinced me that this guy was just her friend. And I, he was buying her all these gifts and like thoughtful Christmas presents and mm. all these things. And I was like, Kathy, yeah, this man wants to date you. And she was like, no, no, we're just friends. I told him. And I was like, mm. <laughs> and she, I said, when he starts spending money, <laughs> Kathy, yeah, I said, Kathy, what gifts did he get you? And she's describing these gifts. He got me wine glasses and like, like a blanket. I'm not kidding. These are real, these are real gifts. Okay. And I said, Kathy, that is not a friend. He, he wants to use those things. <laughs> For when he comes over. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it turns out oh. a few months down the road, she says, Siv, you were right. Yeah. She calls me Siv. That's my nickname. Um, yeah. He, he wanted, he wanted to date me. I was like, 
I, I don't I know. I do. I have the instincts, but but anyhow. So so I think as long as everyone's on the same page and y'all are clear about your intentions, then that's all you can do. But but no, I do find opposite sex friendships um, helpful, especially when you're young. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, y'all. We're gonna talk about level two. Okay, <laughs> I love that. We're level enough <laughs> because this is a wild wild west out here up in these marriages. <laughs> up in these marriages. Amen. So we are going to take a quick break (laughs) for a word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you're not already subscribed, we'll be right back. (laughs) Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on The Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. It's about to get crazy. It's about to get crazy. <laughs> All right, Sylvia, let's go there. All right, we're both married. I think we're both attractive. I, th- I think you're attractive. <laughs> I think you're gorgeous. I, right. Uh, yes. So, okay. We just talked about this right before we start recording. Can you, if you're married, can you have platonic friends of the opposite gender? Mm. So I'll tell you a little bit about my, my story, Okay. Um, and Sean and I have a history of infidelity. You guys know that if you've listened to the podcast. And so we have gotten it wrong. Obviously the person that I was unfaithful with was my quote, best friend, not the one from high school that I talked about. It was another guy, right? This, this guy that we were genuinely, we were friends, you know? Um, but what happens is when you're friends with somebody, you begin to share your heart with them. You begin to share your hurts with them. You talk about your person, you're in a relationship with them. Right. And so I'm telling this man, all of this stuff, no boundaries. Okay. Now y'all give me some grace here. Cause I was 19 years old, but like no boundaries. I was just telling this dude everything. But you're giving him the playbook. You didn't know it. But I you didn't were giving know him the playbook. It, right? Everything that you like and don't like, now he's got the answers. He does. And I'm just innocently sharing all this stuff, right? It is. And he's giving me good advice. Like he's telling me, like, maybe you should do this or try this or this is what he's thinking. He's doing all the right things right? that a friend should do. And and I honestly don't even know 
I, I mean, I guess if I'm not naive, yeah, there was, there were definitely feelings there for sure. He was very attractive. Um, and there were feelings there, but I thought I'm mature. I'm 19. Oh, <laughs> you're all than 19 years. <laughs> and let me guess, he was a good like, listener. He was a great listener. He listened to you. Yes, right? he did. He was doing all the things that at that time Sean wasn't doing. Of course. And so I got caught Superman. up. Oh, yeah. Super, yeah, swooped right in. Right? Was all because we don't realize, like, when you're opening yourself up like that, like, you're creating an emotion... You're creating emotional intimacy, yes. which is supposed to be happening in your marriage. But instead of me giving that to my husband because I was feeling hurt by him or whatever, I'm giving all of that to this dude. And so what's happening is we're creating something here. Yes. We're bonding. We're creating a soul tie even before the whole sex thing happened. And so when we crossed that unfortunate boundary and when I found myself in an adulterous relationship, I was so shook because... Everyone wants to know, how did it get this far? Mm-hmm. You know, one it's of my, slow burn. Oh, it is. One of my girlfriends just texted me the other day. She's like, Dana, what's that quote that you always say about the enemy will always take you further than you ever wanted to go. And he'll keep you there longer than you wanted to stay. It's true. And so I was there and I was like, oh my God, I cannot, I literally cannot believe that this had happened because this was just my friend. Right now I'm many years removed over two decades removed from that situation. And I can look back and I can look at all the things that I did wrong, namely no boundaries, Mm -hmm. namely again, like I said, opening up and sharing all of my heart and all of that stuff. And it wasn't even that I was bad mouthing my husband. I was just sharing how I was feeling. Right. And then hanging out with this man alone. Yep. So, I mean, now I'm like, okay, duh. Like it makes, you know what I mean? Like it's so obvious to me, but I want to to talk about this because I think that there are people who are listening or watching who really do have good intentions. Like yeah. they're not in these relationships thinking something crazy is going to go down. They're probably like I was like, no, I can handle this. I'm, I'm mature. I was a good Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm doing all the right things. And so that that's kind of where I come to this conversation from is this personal experience of we didn't mean for anything to happen, but because we had no boundaries and because that is the natural progression of a relationship with someone of the opposite sex that you are emotionally bonding to, the next thing is going to be physical intimacy. So we got to like be smart about that along the way. Absolutely. So I think there's a couple of things at play. First of all, everything you said is absolutely true. Um, I can I can see how that that happens, and it, and it it does before you know it. You're in deeper than you wanted to go, yep. and you, you how did I get here? Um, you know, we've been transparent with one another. I've had similar experiences in my marriage, and um, that's why when I say my husband and I've been to the bottom, we've yeah. been to the bottom. But but um, the Lord was able to do a lot of healing, so I'm very thankful for that. But I think you nailed it. There were no boundaries in place. When you start sharing your heart, that's a problem. Yep. Because um, you should be sharing your heart with your husband. Um, so that's a problem. I think um, it's really going to depend on this, the couple. Mm-hmm. Because um, there may be some people who are extra sensitive to that, having had that experience. Maybe there's folks going into their second marriages and they had that experience in their first marriage. Yeah. So they're going to be extra on guard and it, the male friends are going to like raise alarms. And so you have to respect um, your spouse and where they're coming from. Like if, if the husband or the wife says, babe, it would mean a lot to me. I would prefer that you don't have opposite sex friends. Then I would encourage um, you not to get up in arms like, 
well, I've known this person for 15 years and I don't know why you're taking them away from me and they're just a friend, but rather understand that that person is coming from a wounded place perhaps. Mm-hmm. And, and or maybe they grew up in a home with parents who whose marriage went awry. So we definitely have to respect where our spouse is coming from yeah. and, and guard that and, and, and um, be t- gentle with their, their heart and mm-hmm. their spirit and what they need. So that's the first thing I think is important is you have this conversation with your spouse, right. you know, and then respect the outcome. Like, please don't argue your way into like wearing them down, you know, but really respect what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like to the spouse that literally does have a problem with it, like when Sean and I were in premarital counseling, which y'all know, I will sing the praises of premarital counseling to the day All I die. Day. Yes. <laughs> Please do it. Please get Please it. do not get married without it. No. But when we were in premarital counseling, our counselor had us do this exercise about our friends. Mm. And I, Sean had lots of female friends when we were dating. I had several male friends when we were dating. And honestly, I really didn't have a problem with that because, mm. you know, we're young. I just assumed, <laughs> assumed, <We do. laughs> right? So when we got married, all those friends were just going to go away. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean didn't get that memo. <laughs> he was like, well, why would you assume that? So I think like we have to speak up Absolutely. too, right? Like we have to like, yes, wait for our spouse to talk to us and we need to have this conversation. But like, if you really do have a problem with your spouse, don't be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to say anything because they're mm, going to think I'm jealous or no. they're going to think I'm insecure. Like maybe you are insecure, but maybe your insecurities are valid or maybe you're discerning something like this is the thing I love about Sean. Sean is so discerning of people. Absolutely. And so male or female, sometimes females, he'll be like, Dana, mm-mm, that girl, like literally <laughs> yes. he'll be like, that girl does not have your best interest mm-mm. at heart. Or he'll be like, that dude is really trying to holler at you. And I'll be like, no, they're not, you know, cause I'm just, I believe the best about everybody. And oh. I'm just like, you know, I trust everybody. It's, it's bad. Like I'll think about conversations. I was at the dealership the other day. And when I started replaying in my mind the conversation that the dealer was having with me, I was like, oh, he was definitely trying to holler at me. Yes. Like, but in the moment, I'm just thinking, he's so friendly. (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, like you were saying, though, it's like, you know, you got to have those conversations and don't like minimize your spouse's feelings because let's just say they are immature and insecure. Okay, but that's your spouse. So you have to love them enough to say, you know what? Okay, like we're going to work through this. But what I'm not going to do is be like, well, you just need to grow up and I'm just going to still have my friends and leave you feeling all insecure. Not if you want to have a thriving marriage. That is not the way to do it. Right. Um, That is not something to dig into because this relationship between a husband and a wife, that's supposed to be the lifetime. That's supposed to be the relationship under God. That's that's next. So if you want that to be healthy and strong, you got to you got to think to yourself, is this is this a fight I want to die on? Is this mm-hmm. this the one that's really worth it? And um, and I would say no. And I would love to share a real story. Yeah. That, um, you know, uh, so back, I would say 10, at least 10 to 12 years ago, longer, even 15 years ago, maybe um, I was best friends with a gal. We were couple friends. We were in church. We were in our 20s, you know, my husband and me and um, this woman and her husband, Sunday school, friends, all this together. Well, she had a heart condition and she passed away. Mm. Um, she wasn't even 25 years old. I mean, she was young, too young to go, but um, we had become really good friends. So she passed. Her husband and I were in the ER room when she passed. You know, I mean, it was I held her hand. It was it was very difficult. My husband was deployed at the time. He was prior military. 
So that was what we didn't realize was that that had become a bonding experience. Mm. He just lost his wife. I just lost very close friend. They had a small son. He was like a year old at the time. So I kind of stepped in and he and I became very close friends um, through this shared trauma, you know, and I kind of was being a momish to his kid. And, you know, I had little ones at the time. So spending a lot of time together, Mm -hmm. we saw nothing wrong with it because we saw a friend, but it made my husband uncomfortable, but he was trying to be gracious because he's like, I can't be there for Syl right now. She's going through a lot. I, you know, I want her to not be alone. So it was okay. But then he comes home and me and this person have this clear bonded friendship. Mm-hmm. He's coming over to play cards with me. We're going, taking the kids to the beach. Like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I'm like, it's like a little extended family it is. or like a blended family almost right. is what it sounds like. Right. It's yeah. a, but again, from the inside, I couldn't see that mm-hmm. from the outside. Now, mind you, we're both, we're all faithful churchgoers and a couple of people in the church kind of mentioned it to me. Like it, it might be a, do you think you guys are spending too much time together? And of course I got in my feelings right. and got a little offended. I was like, no, I don't. You know, I'm not any bit attracted to this person. This person, we, we, we lost someone special. We're just friends. People can think what they want. Somebody quoted the avoiding appearances of evil scripture to me. I was like, well, I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So mind your business. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you get in your feelings. Right. Um, but it turns out, uh, you know, my husband, this person, I was sharing intimate things when my husband and I weren't were arguing, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I started, you know, he was almost a girl best friend. Yeah. And where it crossed the line, I think, was he was telling my husband how to make me happy. Mm. Like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, like they're in the I think gr- your husband probably didn't appreciate he that. He did right? not. So did not. You know, they're in the garage and here's this guy telling him, well, you know, Syl would like it if you did it. And he was like, don't talk to me about my wife, right? which in hindsight, that was so valid. That was an overstep. And he asked me, you know, to, to cut, to scale back this friendship because he doesn't like it. And, and I got hurt and like, I'm not doing anything, you know? Um, but anyways, it ended up that even though I wasn't attracted to this person physically, Mm -hmm. I could feel that there was an attraction to the, the friendship, the Mm. compassion that he offered similar to what you were describing. You know, you just start falling into these conversations Yes, and, um, and it wasn't healthy. Yeah. And so I knew it wasn't healthy. He finally got a girlfriend years later. And, um, and then there was this like, huh, my, my friend is gone now, you know, cause now he's wrapped up in his relationship, but that was for the best. It was a hundred percent what we needed but I really should have, I was young at the time. Again, I was in my twenties. So I didn't respect where my husband was coming from, but he had the ability to see from the outside and, and, and it was hurtful. Yeah. It was, it was thoughtless of me not to consider his feelings. I love what you just said about, you said, I wasn't attracted to him physically, Mm -hmm. but I was attracted to the emotional, the Mm -hmm. friendship. And this is where like, can I just be blunt? Like this is going to seem a little mean y'all just give me some grace. You ever (laughs) seen somebody like with like, someone who's just like not attractive at all. hundred percent. And you're yes. like, what, what happened there? Like that's, that's nine and a three. Like, What's right, going like, on? Yeah, how is that? Like, what, what is, what is going on here? 
But they must be very nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they are attracted to the friendship. But yeah. it's like, that's the real, like, you don't have to be physically attracted. Mm-mm. It's your heart. That's probably even a, a more uh, solid bond, honestly, because exactly. looks are going to change. People, you know, your looks are going to change eventually. But like when you bond heart to heart with somebody, that's a powerful bond. And so there are times that maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not in any kind of danger because I don't think this person's attractive. I don't, I'm not attracted to them. And we always mean physically when we say that, mm-hmm. but like your heart can be connected to somebody like in your story. Thank you for sharing that because you were, again, it's the intention. You had good intentions. You weren't setting out to do anything wrong. And so for so many people who are like, we don't have any intentions of doing that. Think about every bad thing that you have ever done in your life. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> many times did you intend to do something bad? We never have bad intentions. We're just trying to get to work on time. And so we're speeding, right? I mean, we're not evil people. We just, we have good intentions. We want to be responsible and get to work on time, but then we break the law, you know? So it's not a matter of, am I attracted to this person? Do I have wrong intentions? It's just a matter of wisdom. And I love the fact that these people from the church called it out. And this is the thing, like in our generation, nobody wants to be called out for anything. It was like, hard to be them. Now, yeah. now looking back, mm-hmm. they probably did not want to have that. It was, I'm sure, uncomfortable for them, right? I'm sure. The Bible, if you're in your faith, the Bible says, "Faithful are the wounds of a friend." Mm. When you think about that, like, "Faithful are the wounds of a friend." You, if you're really friends with somebody, you should be able to say to them, "Listen, it's not about cutting them down. It's yeah. not even about calling them out." I say, "Calling them up." You're saying that is a good way to put it. You yes. know what I mean? It's like yes. you know, you're saying, "Hmm." I'm seeing something. I have a different perspective because when we're in situations, we have blind spots. And so there's things that we don't see. There are things that we can't see. There are things that we might not want to see. But then when you have friends around you that are like, okay, I'm not all emotionally wrapped up in that thing. So I can see this from a different perspective. Perspective. Maturity says, I'm going to lean into my friends a little bit. And you know what? You're probably right. I need to, even though I don't have bad intentions, even though maybe I'm trustworthy or they're trustworthy, I'm going to dial this back because I don't want this to turn into something that it shouldn't be. Right. And yeah. it takes maturity. It does. It takes, which we didn't have at that stage. We mm-hmm. just, I just didn't have it. And like I said, there was so much emotion happening. I mean, like I said, I, I really see it for what it is. It, it was a trauma bond. It was, you know, we had gone through something yeah. together that was unique and, and very big for a 20 something year old to be dealing with. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so yeah. Um, so there could be any kind of unique circumstances. Everyone thinks their situation's unique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's another thing. Well, you just don't understand because this right. or, but it's this and, and regardless of what it is, are you putting your marriage First, right. Is it in its proper place? Right. Because it should have been, Mm -hmm. I should have been able to set my feelings aside for a moment to see where my husband was coming from and how insulting that must've been for him to see me sharing intimate details about my wants and not wants and, and hurt with another man like that for all intents and purposes. That was what we call an emotional affair. If we're being honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't at the time, but I can see it for what it is. Yeah. And it was. And, uh, and so I was wrong for that. And years later, I would have to give grace for, for an affair as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it happened in a similar fashion, a slow burn. You know, it's a, somebody tell somebody, the origin of an affair is somebody filling a need that's not being met. Right. I mean, am I, would you agree? There? Totally. A hundred percent. So all it took was a woman to come along 
and it was innocent enough. I'm going to help this widow woman with, uh, with building her fence because, mm. you know, the, that's the way the military works. When somebody in your squadron or whatever passes, you pull over together and help their widow. You know, this, okay. so my husband volunteers to build a fence and this woman just starts pouring and pouring and pouring, feeding his ego, telling him how amazing he is. Like all these things that, you know, we're 15 years into our marriage. So maybe I'm not doing as much mm-hmm. if I'm just being honest. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, the, the enemy crept right into our marriage and, and you know, but I had to find it, yeah. <laughs> the strength of the Lord, um, to, to find a place of forgiveness and healing. And we did. And, and honestly, truly, we love each other better and stronger and more intimately today than we ever have. Mm-hmm. And I praise the Lord for that. That's so good. But we are aware and we guard our marriage. You got to be aware. And that's the thing is that like, whether you are in your faith, not in your faith, you believe in the enemy, you don't believe in the enemy. I don't, I don't know. But what I do know is that I do not need to help the enemy to destroy my marriage. Like he is already, <laughs> He's already on the attack already, always, you know, so I'm not going to give him any help. I'm not going to leave any open doors mm-hmm. with that being said though, Sylvia, I do believe that there are times that you can have healthy platonic friends of the opposite sex mm-hmm. in my personal life right now. I was just telling you earlier, I have two, I have a couple of guy friends. First of all, as a pastor, it's a male dominated industry, right? Mm-hmm. So I work with men all the time. And, um, and even in business, like a lot of, there's a lot more women entrepreneurs now, but I mean, it's largely a male space. And so I'm around men all the time and I'm very friendly and I'm also very touchy. (laughs) Like I I hug everybody. I'm constantly touching people. So I have to like watch myself literally like, do not be rubbing on that man. You know, like do not don't give so many hugs. Like, and it's not, it can do the side hug. Exactly. The church hug. <laughs> Gotta go and put your elbow yeah, in between yeah. you. There you know. Go. But so I have these guy friends who I adore. I think they are amazing fathers, great husbands. They are, all of them are in ministry or business somehow. Like they are good, solid guys. Sure. And to be honest, I would love to just hang out with them and just be like, let's go and get dinner or lunch or whatever it is. But I do have to be aware of the appearances of evil thing. Right. And then not even just the appearance of evil, but just people talk. And they sometimes do. like you might not have any bad intentions, but like people will talk. And because I have a history, unfortunately, I have to be aware that even in my, again, good intentions, mm-hmm this is probably not the best thing. And so what I recommend is groups. You know, if you have a a platonic friend, get to know their spouse, Mm -hmm. get to hang out with their spouse. Like I tell my husband, I don't mind if you have female friends, as long as I like the female, Mm -hmm. you know, but you telling me about Sally Sue, who is that? I have never heard of her before. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. So I need to know my husband's friends. Mm -hmm. He needs to know my friends and like them. So you got to know them and like them. And then there does need to be some trust there. And trust is built by spending time with people. Yeah. So my husband's not going to trust my guy friends if he doesn't, if he's never spent time with them. Absolutely. So it's like, all right, you know what, y'all, let's go, let's go hang out. Let's all go to dinner. Let's all go bowling. Let's all go to wherever we're going to go. Right. Let's, mm-hmm. let's spend time together. And I'm going to be me in that conversation. Like 
I feel like this. If I can't be myself because my husband's there, well, that's a red flag right there. hundred percent. Right. If I got to dial back and act different than I normally have. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Like I'm, I'm still the same. So we were just with one of my guy friends earlier in the week mm-hmm. and I'm a hugger. Right. So the first thing I do, I see him, I go up and I give him this big hug. And then him and my husband do like the whole dap me up thing. You know, like, <laughs> what's up, man? What's up? They're not going to hug. Right. They give each other dap. And so I told my husband after I was like, you know, we really need to hang out with him and his wife. Like, we really need to get to, to like all That's hang out call. together. Yeah. And so I kind of have probably more stricter boundaries than like most just because, again, my history. So I don't text men late at night. Um, I don't really like just sit there and text back and forth all day with mm-hmm. a guy. I will send memes like a lot of times we'll send like funny gifts. We'll send like um jokes we'll talk about business like so it's not like we never talk but my phone is is open there's nothing in my phone that sean would see that he would be like what's this like you know and there was a situation this was probably about 10 years ago in business again i was friends with this guy and the truth of the matter is i wasn't a fit i wasn't physically attracted to this guy but spiritually Mm. Oh my God. Like he was a pastor. He was like, everything that came out of his mouth was just like Jesus. You, know I mean? <laughs> you can fall for the Jesus. And right? someone, I'm just saying. Can, and so can. Sean picked up on it mm. and I was mad. I was embarrassed is what I was yeah. because I was trying to like hide the fact that I definitely put this man up on a pedestal. And, mm. you know, I was like, he's ministering to me. Well, really, he wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, and so Sean called me out and then he reached out to the guy and I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed, you know, but that's what needed to have happened. Because if Sean would have let that thing go, who knows what would have happened in that in that little innocent relationship. Yeah. So all I'm saying, all we're saying you all today is that if you're going to have friends of the opposite gender and you're married, proceed with caution. Mm -hmm. You need to know yourself. You need to know your weaknesses. You need to just be aware and be honest and say, you know what? And we need some safeguards around your, if your spouse does not know your friend, that's a, that's a problem. That is a problem. They need to know them. They need to, they need to have their phone number. They need to know how to get in touch with them. Like they need to, it needs to be like that. If you have to hide a friendship or if you're like, well, they just don't get along. Well, then you don't get along either. Like you're just, it's just too many things that can go wrong for you to even set yourself up. That's my opinion. I don't know if you have something different, but I agree. I um I definitely have more stricter um guidelines in place for our marriage. Again, that's not to put it on anyone else, but that's the space that we feel comfortable in yeah. given our history and what we choose to do. So, we don't have opposite sex friends. Um we have different couples we're friends with and we hang out together. Mm-hmm. Um even my pastor, if I have a ministry meeting, we usually there's two of the pastors or we'll be definitely out in an open space, you know? Um, so we, we have safeguards. I'll just be perfectly honest. I don't want my husband having female friends Mm -hmm. that I'll just put it right out there. Um, and again, if that's me, then whatever, but no, I don't want you to have a female friend that you're going out to lunch with. No, Mm -hmm. I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, because my husband's an attractive man. (laughs) He is, he's a good man. He's a godly man. And that is attractive to people. Right. And, um, and I have found that women don't care if there is a ring on a man's finger. Um, if anything, maybe it makes him more attractive. I was going to say, Sean, Sean used to tell me that like girls would like approach him more when he mm-hmm. was wearing his wedding ring. Yeah. And, you know, this is when he was in the thick of all his mess, you know. So I'd be like, why aren't you wearing your ring? He's like, actually, 
you think that that's it doing does something. Not. That's it's not. almost like a magnet. So, oh, wow. so no, I, I don't trust, I don't trust women. I certainly women. I don't know. Um, if you want to get to know people as a couple, I'm for that. Let's hang out. Uh, I don't text for any other reason than to set appointments. Like if I'm, you know, setting a meeting with a pastor or something like that, I I'm in ministry also. So I do com- communicate with pastors and elders and things, but my husband, he even jokes, this is funny. But like we have this um, elder in our church. The man is in his 70s. <laughs> Godly man. He's like a father to me. Like I've adopted him as my father. He gives me hugs and he gives me kisses on my cheek. And my husband's like, look at old Jim trying to get up on my wife. <laughs> look at Jim trying to run up on my yeah, woman. He sure does. He's like, you getting a little too close. I was like, babe, Mr. Jim, come on. I, I adore that man. But no. So all joking aside, you really have to be honest with your spouse yeah. and honest with what you're comfortable with and, and not to feel intimidated or feel like you're being petty or jealous or whatever it is. You and your spouse are important. Mm-hmm. You are the priority and your feelings are important yes. and you want to respect those. So have a frank discussion and set boundaries and honor those boundaries. And that is the best thing you could do um, for your healthy marriage. Amen. Amen. Well, y'all, this has been so great. I would love to hear, maybe you have a different perspective. Maybe you have a different story. Maybe you are like a unicorn and you have been able (laughs) able to navigate these platonic friendships with opposite genders with no issues. I want to hear from you. So if you would send me a DM on Instagram at Mrs. Dana Shea, I would love to hear your perspective. And I would love to hear if maybe something Sylvia or I said that really challenged you, or maybe hopefully cause you to think about something in a different way or gave, gave you a different perspective. So our goal, like she just said, is we want your marriages, your relationships to be healthy. We want them to thrive. We want you all to be all that you can be as we are continuing to grow into all that we can be. We've done a lot of things wrong and we've done a lot of things right. And so we want to share the good, the bad, the ugly, and all that happens with marriage. Sylvia, before I let you go, I'm asking every guest that I have on the podcast, what has been your best relationship tip someone has ever given you? Oh my goodness. That's so many. <laughs> oh, especially doing what we do. Like, right. there's like, oh, oh my goodness. You know, really communicate. Honestly, I, I think I stress that more than anything else. Like, if you are not communicating, then your your marriage is operating with a broken leg because in all aspects, like your sex life will be better if you're communicating what you like and don't like. Totally. Your your intimacy, your your relationship, every, your conflicts are going to be healthier if you're communicating. Um, so you have to speak. There's nothing more irritating when than when someone says, my spouse doesn't do this. And I'm like, did you ask them? Did you tell? No, I don't. I don't want it to. Right. You, you got to tell them. If you're not speaking it, they don't. They're not mind readers. So be verbal. Do not be shy. Say what you want. Say what you don't want. Be clear. And then also be a good listener. If you're going to be speaking, you better be ready to receive too. But communication, there's nothing like it. So good. So good. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll have to have you back because you, you kept bringing up trauma bonds. 
that would be a great episode. So we'll have you back to talk about trauma bonds. I would so, love it. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. You know, as we love to end every episode and saying a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can go to Real Relationship Talk and find all the shipments. Take care. Awesome. Podcast is awesome. Subscribe. <laughs> All right, my friends. Well, there you have it. I would love to hear your take on this conversation. There is nothing that gives me greater joy as a podcast host than to hear back from you amazing listeners to know what did you think about the episode? Do you agree that you should not, or at least you should be very careful with platonic friends when you're married? Or do you think, you know what? I think you guys are looking too much into this, digging a little bit too deep, and I disagree. I would love to hear where you stand on this topic. Well, I just want to thank our guest, Sylvia Chipman, for being with us today. What a fun conversation. What an important conversation. And again, I know I said this in the intro, but I would encourage every single person who is considering marriage to have this conversation on the front end of your relationship. Do not wait until you get married to start talking about if you should have friends in your marriage. So again, Sylvia, thank you so much for being here with us today, friend. If you want to find more information about Sylvia, where she works, how she works, with whom she works, you can find all of that in the show notes of this podcast, which is realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 179. I will be sure to link to all things Sylvia in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening today, you guys. As I like to end every episode and saying a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Wow, you stayed all the way to the end. You, my friend, are the real MVP. Thanks again for listening to Real Relationship Talk. The show notes can be found at realrelationshiptalk.com. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? If not, be sure to do that now. And may your relationships be uncomplicated as you build deeper connections. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.